0: So here's my question. Whose side is God on? Uh, And, uh, you know, first service, um, the Manning video didn't work. And so we felt that God was saying something, you know, but um, it came through that service. So there we go. Well, we're glad to see you here today. And we believe that in these next few minutes, All that God has been preparing you for in the worship is now going to come to a culmination where um, you are now challenged to do something with Jesus Christ, but more than that, to allow Him to do something in your life. You're joining us today on the first of a series of messages that are going to be brought that are under the title, Jesus Is. This series will go through until um, Easter, and we will be looking at Jesus in a way that will um, just cause us to love him more and also to surrender more of our lives to him. Already we've let the city know what we're doing. You can't drive into the city at the minute without seeing Jesus is right up on top of the Dream Center. We wanted the whole of the city to know that Jesus Christ is alive. Now, that was a controversial thing. I don't know whether you know this, but putting that up on the Dream Center, um, a lot of eyebrows went up and it's, uh, you know, the name of Jesus is very controversial. In fact, Jesus can never keep away from, from controversy Uh, From the beginning of his life right through until today, Jesus is a controversial figure. In fact, I don't know that I've lived in a time where Jesus has been more uh, disliked, hated, uh, than in the day in which we live. He is very controversial. People will say, we will take your God and we'll take your religion, but Jesus, we don't know about this Jesus thing. You see, friends, when it comes to Jesus... If what Jesus said is true, then you have to worship him. If what Jesus said is true, you can't just take it or leave it. You, you, you have to weigh up what he said and you have to weigh up who he said he was. And, and now he is calling for worship and that sets him apart. And we're in a generation that does not want Jesus set apart. They want him to be set alongside other religions. Well, I have news for you this morning. Jesus doesn't fit alongside other religions. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And so Jesus is, and and he fits nowhere but the place of being God in the flesh. So um, it is that if you decide that Jesus was right in what he was saying, and, and that he was right in who he said he was, then you have to worship him. If he is not who he said he was, then millions upon millions of people have followed a maniac and have followed the biggest con man that has ever lived. Because if he is who he says he is, you have to worship him. You know, it was a sunny Sabbath day in Nazareth, and um, it was the time in the little synagogue where the Scriptures were now to be read. Suddenly, out of the crowd steps Jesus. He's been known as the the rabbi, this wandering rabbi. He was born in Nazareth, but now he's been going around the country, and now he comes back to his home and uh, into his area. And, and now he steps out of the crowd at the time when the Scriptures were being read, and he asked if he could read the Scriptures, and because he was a rabbi, they let him do that. And, um, and let me read to you what happened. You'll, you'll find it in Luke chapter 4 from verse 16 on. It says, "'So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read.'" to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing." Now, you need to understand, the synagogue in Nazareth was not a massive place. Actually, it is a a small place. I've actually stood in the synagogue. I've actually been in that place uh, in Nazareth where the synagogue stood in Jesus' time and and, and stood. And it's a very small place, but it was packed with people. And And now Jesus reads this Old Testament scripture and then shocks the people, actually shocks them by what he said. Because he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That was highly controversial. Uh, You see, the fact is that these words of Jesus are still controversial right through to today, the day in which we live. But you notice what Jesus did. It says, he finished reading and he closed the book. All right, he closed the book. In other words, hey, this is beyond discussion. In other words, I'm not asking you to debate this. I am closing the book on this. I am letting you know this is happening. What is happening today is what this scripture prophesied. And he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And he closed the book. In other words, he was saying, you need to know that this scripture is being fulfilled in your hearing, I am the Messiah. I am the one that you've been waiting for. I am the one that you have prayed would come to earth. I am the one that Old Testament prophets have prophesied about and the one that they were looking to come. He says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I am the one that Scripture is talking about. I am the anointed one. I will preach the gospel to the poor. I will heal the brokenhearted. I will set the captives free. I will speak liberty to the oppressed. I will open blind eyes. I will declare the acceptable year of the Lord. And he says this scripture is being fulfilled. I am telling you that the one that this scripture is talking about is standing right in your midst. He says I am who this scripture is talking about. Now the people that were present there, they they all believed the ancient scriptures. They all believed what was written about the Messiah in the Old Testament Scriptures that they had in their hands. They also believed that there would be a day when the Messiah would come. That there would be a day when this Messiah would touch down on the planet. Oh, listen, they had no problem with the past like the Old Testament Scriptures being written about this Messiah. They had no problem with the future in thinking that the Messiah would come. No, the problem that they had was by the fact that this man standing in their midst was saying, today the the scripture is being fulfilled. In other words, they had a problem with today. They had no problem with the past. They had no problem with the future. It was today that these people had a problem with. There are many like that today, you know. There are many who have no problem in believing that Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. They have no problem even with the stories that were told about him, uh, the things that he did when he was on earth. They have no problem with the historic Jesus. They have no problem with the Jesus of 2,000 years ago. And in fact, many people, many people have no problem with the thought that Jesus Christ will come again one day. They have no problem with that thought that in the future Jesus may come back to earth again. Nearly everyone accepts the future Christ. Have you ever been in a funeral? And, and I've been to a lot of funerals. <laughs> And and, and you've been in a funeral, and it's amazing, isn't it? Have you noticed that the people want to hear, the people that attend the funeral, all of them want to hear that the person that's in the casket has gone to be with Jesus. Everyone who wants to hear that, they want to hear that the person that has died has now gone to a better place, has gone to a, a, a place where they wouldn't want to come back from. They've gone to be with Jesus. They've gone to heaven. And, and I've, I've sat there sometimes and, and thought this, it doesn't matter how this person has lived. It doesn't matter that this person has not given any time to Jesus in their lifetime. We all want to believe that they've gone to heaven, they've gone to be with Jesus. See, we have no problem with the future Jesus as long as we don't have to now deal with the present Jesus, the Jesus of today. So this is Jesus' first sermon in touching down on planet earth. And how does he start it? He starts it with the word today. He says, today the scripture is fulfilled. And it was amazing. He was saying, today I am the Messiah. Today I am the healer. Today I am the deliverer of the oppressed. Today I am ready and starting. Today I am all that you could ever need. Today. You know, it's been interesting. I don't know if you've noticed on TV, but there's a local company that have been um, doing a commercial, uh, and the big push of the commercial is this. You can choose a sofa today, and we'll deliver it tomorrow. Have you heard that? And, and, and you can choose a new TV, and you can choose a, a, a surround sound. You choose it today, and we will deliver tomorrow. I just find it funny the way the guy says, Tomorrow. All right, we'll deliver tomorrow. Well, listen, friends, I'm here today to tell you that Jesus Christ is alive. He's here today and he'll deliver today. Today, the Bible says. Jesus says, today this scripture is fulfilled within your hearing. It's not that you give your sins to Jesus someday, you do it today. Today. It's not that you come to Jesus with your dark, hidden secret of sin, and, 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 and now you say, I'll let him know about that someday. No, today, Jesus said, I want to set you free from the guilt of that sin. It's not, it's not someday, at a determined point in the future, that you will overcome your addiction to all sorts of things, your addiction to drink or drugs or or pornography. No, Jesus says, I want to set you free today. I want to deliver you today. I don't want to wait another day. I want to do it today. How many know that Jesus is a today God? He is a today Jesus. He says, I don't want you to prove that the scriptures are living and real and vital to you. Uh, Tomorrow, I want you to start reading the scriptures today because today it will bring life into your soul. I don't want you to find the truth about prayer being a thing of the future for you. I want you to start praying today and know that I will always listen to you and always be ready to meet you. I don't want you to deal with your rejection problems and your identity crisis and all the crises that you've gone through. Tomorrow, I want to deal with them today. I want to give you back your life today. I don't want to wait for tomorrow. I don't want to deal with your relationship problems in the future. I want to start it today. I don't want to deal with your attitude problems in the future. I want to do it today. I want today to be a change day for you. He says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus is here today. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, I tell you what happened. As far as in this crowd was concerned in this little synagogue, they got mad. I mean, they got really mad. And the first thing they said was this. It was, is not this Joseph's son? Now, now you remember Joseph, Mary and Joseph, Christmas and all. Well, is not this Joseph's son? In Matthew's version of what happened here, um, Matthew puts it a little differently. They said this, is not this the carpenter's son? Joseph the carpenter, is not this the carpenter's son? In other words, they were saying to Jesus, hey, who do you think you are? What right have you got to stand up and say, today this scripture is fulfilled? Hey, Jesus, keep your place. Stand back, stand down. All you are is the carpenter's boy. You are just the carpenter's son. Oh, see, they would accept him as the carpenter's son. They would even accept him as the rabbi that came in to read the scripture, the religious teacher. But now to accept who he was claiming to be, the Messiah, would mean that they would have to worship him it would mean now that he would now be in the place of now demanding their worship because the Messiah is God in the flesh. He was the promised Messiah, but for Jesus to stand up and say, I am who this scripture's talking about. They said, hey, carpenter boy, keep your place. Who do you think you are? But here's the truth, friends. Listen, he was not the carpenter's son. He was the son of God. All right. He was not Joseph's son. Or Joseph may have taken him into his house. It may have been that he was brought up in the carpenter's house. It may have been that he had been seen 30 years around the village and was helping Joseph in his work as a carpenter. It may have been that he chose to live in the carpenter's house, but he was not the carpenter's son. He was Jesus, the son of Almighty God. And he only had one father, Father God. And so the fact is, that is great news for you today. I want to tell you, it is great news for you today. You see, because Jesus is, he is able to be all that the Bible says he was going to be in the Old Testament and he is able to be all that he will be a million years from now. He can be all that today. You see, all that they said about him in the Old Testament and all that they, uh, now we look forward to him being for eternity. I want to tell you, I'm not waiting for eternity for Jesus to be the is in my life. I want to tell you he's alive today and today he meets my needs and today he is the God who will meet every need. He wants to be in your life today. It's not saying, hey... When you get your life together, you can come back and I'll have something to do with you. He's not saying when you get your life cleaned up a bit, you can come back and I'll take you in. He's not saying when you've sorted out that relationship, when you've sorted out your attitude, when you've sorted out your bitterness, when you've sorted out your frustrations, you can come back then, but until then, I don't want anything to do with you. No. He says, come just as you are. Come with all your hang-ups. Come with all your fears. Come with all your doubts. Come with all the rejection problems of your life. He's saying, come just as you are, and know that I am able to meet with you. See, he's more than the carpenter's son. I want to tell you that Jesus is your friend today. I I want to tell you this morning that he's the one who forgives your sin today. If, If you're sick here, I want to tell you that Jesus is your healer right now, today. I want to tell you this morning that it is, if you're in financial difficulties, he's your banker today. Now you may want to sign up for financial peace because that's a great place to go to have help with your finances. The fact is that you may be in turmoil of mind today. I want to tell you that he is your peace today. I want to tell you this morning that you may be struggling to find your way through life. I want to tell you that he is your guide through life today uh, and it may be it may be that you've come here this morning and your heart is broken maybe somebody has died tra- tragically i was talking to someone uh, before service that that told me that um, even since christmas they uh, their family have lost about 6 people it, it, it was it, it's almost a, a demonic thing but but they've lost 6 people in their family and friends uh, and grief just gripped their hearts but the fact is that he comes today and he says, if you're going through grief and your heart is broken, he is the one that comes and says, I will be your comforter today. He will comfort your heart We could go on and on and on of what Jesus could be to you. The fact is that he is ready and willing to meet you today and to help you today and to prove himself today. That you will prove that what this scripture said is absolutely true. That today this scripture is fulfilled within your hearing. Hmm. He is whatever you need him to be. Don't try and box him in. Don't don't try and box him in. i I tell you what he'll do. He'll break your box. All right, when you try to box him in, he'll break your box. And and, and let me tell you something else as well. Don't try to limit him uh, to one location. Jesus of Nazareth. Hey hey, friends, they were saying, you're just the carpenter's boy. You are from Nazareth. You can't limit him to one location. I want to tell you that Jesus is everywhere at once. There is nowhere where he isn't. He can be wherever you are, in whatever situation you're in. He can be there. And let me tell you something else. They said, you're just the carpenter's boy. Just keep to your carpentry, little boy. Just keep to doing what you've been doing, carpenter. But I want to tell you, he is more than a carpenter. He is able to do all things. There is nothing impossible to this Jesus. He can do everything. i tell you something else. People may seek to limit you too. Maybe you've gone through your life and been you've been told you'll never make anything of your life. Maybe you've been told you're a nothing. Maybe it's been that you were abused and Beat up and told you are just worthless. Keep your place, you're not important. Keep your place, look at the color of your skin. Keep your place, you're not rich enough, you're not pretty enough. Keep your place, you're too thin, no, you're too fat. Keep your place and on and on it goes and you're pushed down and you're said to be nothing and you're held back and you do not know that you are accepted anywhere. But listen, God, God loved you enough. He loved you enough and saw you important enough to send Jesus, his only son, to die in your place on the cross. You were worth the God allowing his son to shed his blood on your behalf. He shed his blood for you. Wants to give you a brand new life. May have been unaccepted and rejected all your life. Listen to what Paul said about those who accept Jesus as their savior. We read it in Romans 9:25. It says there, I will call them my people who were not my people. And who beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There they shall be called the sons of the living God. Amen. And, and for you ladies, so you don't feel rejected, the word sons there as a plural meaning. It means sons and daughters of the living God. And, and the fact is there's no one left out. There is no one rejected. There's no one kept at bay. There's no one said you're not good enough. The fact is that when you come to Jesus today, he will give you a brand new identity. You will now be known as his son or his daughter. If you came in this morning not knowing him, you came in this morning not accepting him, you came in this morning keeping Jesus at bay, but now you come to him and you accept him and you receive him and you say, I want you to live in my heart and life. He'll give you a new identity. No longer will you be said, Put in your place, put down, look at your color, look at your size, look at the way you look, etc., etc. But the fact is, he will say, No, I want to give you a new identity. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are the son and daughter of the living God. I bring you right in. So when people look at you out there and they say, Who are you? You hear God saying, you didn't know? That's my boy. God would say, hey, you didn't know? That's my daughter that you're looking at and trying to put down. He will always build you up. So when people put you down, you can always know. He will never put you down. He will say, you are mine. You are my son. You are my daughter. And you're in my family. And I'm proud to have you in my family. That's the kind of Jesus we present. I may draw this to a close here. Now some of you well some of you won't remember the 2,000 Olympics that were held in Australia. Uh, they were the host nation for the Olympics back then. Uh, and during the opening celebrations, something happened that only Australians really understood. And it was that on the, uh, the Sydney Harbour Bridge, the word eternity came up on the bridge. And Australians went ecstatic to see that word up there. Because that word has meaning to Australians that it doesn't have too many people. The fact is that that word eternity goes way back in their history. There was a guy by the name of Arthur Stice... I had to repeat that a number of times to people leaving this morning because they couldn't pick up my English. Arthur Stice. All right. So um, the fact was that this guy was an alcoholic drunk. He, he was a World War I veteran, and he was a homeless alcoholic wandering the streets of Sydney. His gambling had caused his downfall And now he was absolutely penniless and on the verge of suicide. And he wandered into a church in Sydney, Australia. And there he heard the preacher preaching, a man by the name of John Ridley. And he was speaking about eternity. And what John Ridley was taking as his text, his verse, was Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11 It says there, God speaking of God, he says he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into their hearts. And John Ridley went on in preaching and brought out the fact that God has destiny for every human being. That there is no one better than another and that God has put something in us that desires more. That there is something in every human being that has this longing for a better life and a better place. And John Ridley went on to say that only Jesus can spark that into reality. That only Jesus can really take you where you are intended to go. God has put eternity in your heart. When Jesus comes into your heart, everything becomes possible for you. Well, that night, Arthur Stace. Did I say stace or stays? Stace. He asked Jesus into his heart. And he knew immediately that his life was changed. Oh, he wasn't waiting until he got outside. He wasn't waiting until next week, next month. No, immediately he knew his life was changed forever. He could never be the same. And he did something. The next morning he got up and he took a piece of chalk and all over the city he wrote this word eternity. All on the sidewalks, on walls, all over the place. And everyone in the city was wondering, who's doing this? Where's this word come from? But then it got them thinking because it went on day after day after day after day after day until this word got into the hearts and minds of the people and they realized that eternity was meaning that God had a better future and a better destiny and that there were things in people's hearts that now could be achieved. By the help of God. Well, they got used to seeing this because Stace started doing this in 1932, and he did it every day of his life until 1967. And they reckoned that he had written that word about 500,000 times. And Australia grabbed onto the word, and and it changed the whole nation. And so they put it on the bridge at the Olympics because they wanted to remind the nation... Anything is possible, even a nation doing the Olympics, a small nation doing the Olympics. They wanted to remind the nation that anything could be reached for, that anything could be gone for, that they needn't be put in their place and put down, that when God comes into your life, he opens up a new destiny and a new future and takes you where you could never take yourself. He has placed eternity in your heart. Know that inner feeling that you get that you were meant for more than this. God put that in you. You know that inner feeling that you get that you could become more, that you could do more, that you could achieve more, that you could be more. You know that inner feeling that you get that you could get a better job and get a better life and that you could make your family more settled and and, and you could now find a, a way in life that has not been your experience up to now. Do you know those inner feelings that you have? Those things come from God. God put eternity in your heart that causes you to say, things could be better, things should be better, and causes you to rise up and say, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to reach for eternity. I'm going to reach for what God has got for me. Not only that, the word eternity means that there's a destiny for you as well on earth and a destination in heaven. That One day, you're going to go to be with Jesus forever. So the fact is here this morning, I want to tell you that the only way you're ever going to get to heaven is by the way that God has ordained. The fact is that the vehicle to get you to heaven is none other than Jesus Christ who stood in that synagogue and said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So here's the question. What are you going to do with Jesus? Oh, oh, no, I'm not leaving you to go away and think about it today. You've kept him at bay a long time, but today he's knocking at your heart's door again. Oh, oh today, oh, today you're having to deal with the fact that you have that attitude problem, that you have that frustration, that you have that um, a terrible feeling of inferiority, that you have that identity crisis going on. And, and throughout this congregation, whether you are a Christian or not, there are people who are battling stuff that Jesus says, I could help you with that and I'll deliver today. I, I, I'm not going to let you go, friends. I know it's three minutes past 12.30. You've only got a Super Bowl to go to. But listen, let, uh, uh, we'll soon be out of here. But I want you to be honest right now. And you say, John, if you're saying that Jesus is here today, I need him right now. I need him in my life right now. What I'm going through right now, what I'm facing right now, what I'm dealing with right now, the thing that I'm in right now, my finances, my marriage, my. And you could go on and on and on and on and on. I need him to forgive my sin. I've been into addictive stuff. I need him to break the addiction of alcohol. I need him to break the addiction to drugs. Maybe it's an addiction to pornography. I don't know. But you say, if he's around today and he's working miracles today, I'm ready for Jesus to meet me today. I'm ready today. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Be Be really open and say, yeah, today, I need Jesus right now. Keep your hands up. He's looking. I know you're saying, John, why don't you make it easier for us by telling us to bow our heads and close our eyes? Because I'd put my hand up if everyone wasn't looking. (laughs) I'm not going to make it easy for you because if you are desperate for God, he is here to meet you and to help you. And you've got to be honest and you've got to be open and say, I need Jesus. So just put your hand up right now. If you haven't got it up now, put it up right now. He's here. He's here to meet you. Sure to meet you now. Those of you, who raise your hand, come and join me at the front. You will, you I'm gonna come down there to you, Lord Jesus. That's right, that's right. Keep coming, keep coming. Bring it all to Jesus. You're not bringing it to John King, you're bringing it to Jesus. Saying, Jesus, today, will you deliver for me today? Will you set me free today? Will you heal my broken heart today? Jesus, I believe you can put the broken pieces back together. Will you do it today? Will you heal today? Will you deliver today? Will you set me free today? Will today be the turning point? And as you open your heart to Jesus, I want to tell you today he will deliver. He will deliver. That's right. You keep coming. Is there anyone else? You're sitting there and you're saying, I should be up there. Get up and come right now. I'll wait for you. I'm going to pray a prayer that's going to set people free. Oh, I prayed all week. I've been praying and fasting this week that God will do something powerful here this morning. And he's here to meet you. He's here to meet you. Is there anyone else that's coming? I'll wait for you. If you're in the balcony, I'll wait for you to come down, but you've got to rush. Lord Jesus. Jesus. Jesus oh God I want you to close your eyes right now and get a picture of Jesus or just make your picture of Jesus however you think he would look and know that Jesus is coming to you right now I may be praying but Jesus is doing the touching and, and he's going to touch your life If you're sick, you're gonna get healed. If you're oppressed by the devil, he's gonna drive back the darkness. If you are depressed, I'm gonna lift that depression in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning, you're saying, I'm looking for guidance for my life, he's going to put peace in your life. You are going to know what to do from this moment. You're going to know the way that you've got to take because Jesus is going to whisper peace into your heart. If you feel you've committed sin that can't be forgiven, I want to tell you that's a lie from the devil. And right now as you stand before Jesus, you've come to this altar. You are saying, Lord Jesus, take away my sin. And he's waiting. And he wants you to know you are going to be set free from the guilt of sin right now. On the rest of the congregation to stand and reach out your hands right now towards these people. Right now, in Jesus' name. It's a new day. 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 Don't look back. Look on. The past is gone. There's a new day dawning for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I lift every oppression. I lift every depression. I come in the authority of Jesus Christ to say that this is a brand new day. Today in this house, Jesus is delivering. Today in this house, he is setting free. Now, Father, in your name, I pray that you will touch, that you will touch right now these people who have come forward. I pray, oh God, that they will know that this is a new day, a new day, a new day, a new day. day. The past is broken And a new day has dawned. I pray, Father, in your name, that you will curse every attack of the devil against people's minds. I pray that you will bind the powers of darkness. I pray that right now they shall know that they are set free from long-term depression. I, I just feel that in my heart. That God is lifting your depression and he's going to replace it with joy right now in the name of Jesus. It's a new day. It's a new day. Forget the past. Move on. Move on. Move on. Move on into what God has got. It's a new day. It's a new beginning. A new door is going to open. I've already prepared the door. It is open. I'm going to show you the way to go and where to go. I am with you, says the Lord. It's a new day. Release to do what God told you to do. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I pray for any you who are asking for, for you to forgive their sin. They feel so bad about themselves. Just put your hands down a minute, if you will. And, and I want you, if you are here and you're saying, I want Jesus to forgive my sin. And there's a major thing that's on your heart and mind. I know this is going to be hard, but I really want you to do this. I only want you to put your hand up right now. You're saying, I want Jesus to forgive my sin. That's right. Okay. That's right. Just leave your hands up a moment. On the authority of the word of God. And by the fact that you have moved to this altar. I come to tell you by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. The past has gone. A new day has dawned. Today, 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 you are set free from your sin. You will walk from this place just as if you'd never sinned. Now, Father, in your name I pray. That everyone who raised their hands then will have an assurance in the inside them that you have cleaned them up, that you have taken away their sin and they're leaving here brand new people. They are children of the living God. When the devil comes to them and reminds them of their sin, they are going to remind him of his future and that, Lord, they are set free from sin and that they are children of the living God. Father, hear me, I pray. Bless them now. And now, Father, I pray for everyone in this room that it will be that we will go from this place saying, our God has delivered today. He has set me free today. He has brought me joy today. He has brought me peace today. He has healed my body today. He is my deliverer today. He has broken Satan's back today. He has taken Satan's oppression and depression from me today. Jesus is my today Savior. And we'll walk into the future with him. Father, hear me in Jesus' name. God's people said Hey man! Hey man!